ladies and gentlemen. It's episode six of House of the Dragon, and we've moved forward ten years in time. So much has happened, so much is happening, and we're here to dig into it. This is Raven On, the original and best, why not, spook yourself, podcast recap thingy about House of the Dragon. And I am Natalie Bohensky, the co-host, and with me, as always, is a man who today really needs to crack on with things because he's got some tongues to pull out of mouths later on. It's Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. Yes, they don't chop themselves out. <laughs> they really went all in on that tongue they, they slicing. Just lingered, lingered it, on the on the slicing through it like a like a piece of like a piece of like sushi or something. Oh god. Yeah. It was the hot knife in the fire and then just the <laughs> It, it was, I, I said in my recap that it was almost too lovingly uh, shot, that scene. Yes. <laughs> like yes. I really, they really made you look at the, <laughs> at the tongues going missing. And uh, It was like one of those high definition cooking shows where you've got like the, the, the yes. beautiful loving shots of all these things, it's, except it's people cutting tongues out of mouths. Yeah. And then you saw like the remainder of the tongue just kind of sort of sitting in the mouth. It was, yeah, it was yeah. full on. It's rough, rough, rough. But anyway... <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, far from the worst thing that happens this episode. <laughs> and what an episode, Stu. What a jump oh, it's a in hell time. Of an episode. What it's a, it's over an hour, this one, an hour and seven. And by gosh, so much. Like I was watching <laughs> this one thinking, how is this not finished yet? I feel like I've been watching this episode for three hours. It just <laughs> In a good way, like, I imagine. In a good way, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. It's just it felt like so much. It felt more like classic Game of Thrones in the sense that I guess because you had Damon over in Pentos, you actually had, you know, some variation oh, yeah, in the that's story. True. So yeah, you we had, had, we had a character stuff. over in Essos, yeah. Yeah, so you had a little bit of that uh, a, a, of that diversion of, of perspective and it kind of made it feel bigger than just the court. Even though, you know, 80% of the action, 90% of the action was at the court, it felt... Yes grander if that makes sense so there was a sense of yeah. scale to everything we, which, yes. which we definitely got in more ways than one this time that's right a sense of scale and a sense of scales yes of, <laughs> of, of justice and of dragons uh yeah so what, what initial thoughts from from you initial thoughts i i love this episode i thought it was fantastic i thought um i mentioned this in my minute challenge but um the the, obviously, we we meet the two new actors who are going to be playing our principals, Rhaenyra and Alicent, uh, moving forward, and uh, they're they're predictably wonderful. Uh, yeah. They real they just they instantly inhabit these roles in a way that uh, you know is quite astonishing. Given that we had said previously last episode, you know, it's going to be such a shame to lose the young actresses who are, who are playing uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent, and then the new ones come in and bam, just completely own the own the room and it's fantastic i watched a um video of the pair of them olivia cook and um emma darcy just mm. chatting doing some like q a's chatting yeah. together that they do for promo and they both have much more uh what's a kind word to say rustic accents than the ones that they have in the in the <laughs> yes. film in, in that way that so many actually i think olivia cook is from manchester she was like 
uh, when I when I got the role, um, I'm doing the accents wrong. But if you look it up, and Emma Darcy was like, mm, "Yeah, I was. I, I thought I didn't get it," and it was like, "Oh yes. my god!" And yeah. then here they are. In they, these... they both come with their high RP. That's right. Their beautiful articulation and enunciation, and yeah. Well, they're thespians, don't you know? I know, but it's yeah, it's extraordinary how well they uh, can all bung it on. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that my Australian flat vowels or whatever we have would uh, would do that, but they seem to English well, actors that, seem to be. Able we, to... We've done that before, like you know, Kevin the Aussie Westerosi. But I mean, like you know, there needs to be more. There needs to be more Aussie accents in Game of Thrones, sure. And, and look, you would think that Harwin Strong could bring it because it turns out he's Australian. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Aussie boy, it's, um, Ryan Core. He looks Austra- He looks Australian, doesn't he? You know, in in hindsight, you do really kind of go, yeah, I I would claim that he's got. Yeah, that- absolutely. He's got he's got that he's got that like hot guest star on Neighbours energy. Yes, and you sort of feel like you would see him, you know, surfing at Bondi or <laughs> I don't know. There's there's definitely the his you know he doesn't have Jon Snow up in the cold curly hair. He's got beach bum, you know, at the gym. You know, pump and ice break coffees, sort of tradey. Uh, yes. Curly yeah. Course. Yeah. Absolutely. Does that make sense? It does. Those... Uh, weirdly, it does. <laughs> and those blue, blue eyes, just yes. yeah. He's amazing. a dreamboat. I mean, you, you uh, can see you can see why Rhaenyra fell for him. Oh, allegedly. I, ab- I absolutely allegedly allegedly yes. Let's put all these. We don't want to anger the crown. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned minute challenge. Let's let's crack on into it because. I feel like last week we kind of had very similar lists, but I, I I didn't get half the things down on my list in the minute that I wanted to. So hopefully well, we'll have a bit more variation this time. Yes, absolutely. Well, as long as as long as you've got one particular item which I know I've missed off my list, uh, but oh, we can, okay. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I, I think we'll talk. I think we'll talk about it. But anyway, that's fine. Um, is it my turn to start this week? No, it's my turn. Oh, your turn. turn. Please go. Please yeah. go. You're the floor. So the first thing I wrote, which wasted time, was all the things. I need a moment in the minute challenge, <laughs> typically to get my brain to start working. Uh, so then yeah. the first thing that I really wrote was Harwin Strong. This is not fair. He was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he really was. Course- he sort of flew under. He flew under the radar a little bit in the first couple of episodes. Obviously, you know, I I knew. I've read the books. You haven't. Um, like I, I knew the broad outline of his story, so oh, I, I, I had an eye on him. But he did kind well, of fly I, under the radar a little bit in the first couple yeah, of episodes, although he I, was one of the guys who sort of was looking quite approvingly at Rhaenyra when she comes when back she was, with, uh, with the yes. stag, or with the boar, yes. rather. So he was hunting. He helped hold the stag that Viserys killed, and hmm. then he was eyeing off Rhaenyra as she kind of stalked bloodily into the tent after killing that boar, and that's where I sort of first <laughs> noticed him going, yeah, he, he thinks this is hot, and he's not wrong. Uh, he's not wrong. Um, and then he saw her run off into the city. He was like in the streets of the city and he saw her out on her night out with Damon, but never spilled about that. So clearly he's got an element of trust there for her. Then that's yes. been some factor in, in their getting together. Uh, and also because Sir Kristen uh, clearly just screwed it all up. Uh, uh, yeah, and it has gone full incel in the last uh, 10 years. <laughs> Which leads me to another like item on my list, which is just fighting fighting Sir Kristen. Uh, what a piece of crap he turned out to be! So disappointing, yeah. Stu. Yeah, gone gone full toxic male. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, just the the the. You know, yes, he got ditched by Rhaenyra, and and we we talked about this. I, I we talked about this. I think from a sympathetic point of view in last week's podcast about how he's not 
part of the Game of Thrones. He's a simpler mm. guy. He comes from the uh, uh, he's the son of a steward. He was a soldier. He doesn't have the background in court intrigue and treachery. You know, he's just a simple guy who's learned, well, I love her and we should run away together. And she's gone, well, actually, dude, no, I'm going to be queen. So get stuffed. And he's just not been able to take that rejection in any kind of way. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's it's funny because, like, basically he was being set up to be the, the Harwin Strong of that relationship yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That, that's what he would have been yes and that's obviously he's obviously far too proud a man to ever be like in that sort of situation where he basically has to be in in the in the shadows in the background but I don't whereas know. harwin strong is absolutely that guy he's like yeah sure man whatever like, but I, I don't get the sense that it's a uh, i don't get the sense that harwin strong is not a proud man no 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 but, like, but he's but he's someone who is obviously I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way i'm saying that in a very good way like he's someone who is you know he, he's willing to put his own sort of personal honor to one side to do what is right for someone that he loves yeah you know? like he's, that's he, he's supportive he's he's, he's a you know he's a, he's a wife guy he's very he's a wife guy <laughs> what is that meme um yeah he's just He's, he clearly, I don't know if it's love or just affection or whatever, but he's got a good working partnership with Rhaenyra in some hmm. forms uh, and they're fond of each other and he's, you know, hangs around and wants to do right by his kids, which I'm sure we'll talk about, his, in inverted commas, kids. Uh, alleged, um, alleged, alleged. Alleged, alleged, alleged. Uh, and, and, but Sir Kristen was just not able to fathom that arrangement being something that could be quite comfortable for everyone involved. Hmm. Uh, he was just, a bit, but also maybe he could have, but he couldn't stop himself at the wedding of just going super nuts. And, <laughs> and once that had happened and obviously Alison came to his rescue and said, oh no, you can come and work for me. Yeah. Um, Which we don't, we don't really get. It's the one, it's the one thing that's really sort of jarred to me throughout the whole thing is that it, like, again, in, in the books, he kills Joffrey at a tournament. Yes. Right? Like he uses that opportunity. He, reading between the lines, he uses the opportunity to, to murder him basically. Yeah, yeah. But in this one, he just murders him in cold blood on the dance floor. Yeah. Um, and so like we, we're left to assume that in the 10-year gap, Alicent has obviously spoken up on his behalf or maybe it wasn't an issue. I'm not even sure, but it just seems like that would have some repercussions. Yeah. Like a member of the Kingsguard just murdered someone. It has been somewhat skipped over, yes, yeah. conveniently. Yeah, that, that is a very good point. Yeah, they just kind of skip over that. But I guess maybe everyone went, oh, look, it's a wedding. I guess, it's not, I guess it's not important in the long run, but it does. it is the one thing that sort of jarred with me about that jump. It's like I would yes. have liked to have seen what that was because obviously now he is very much Alison's creature. Yes, yes, yes. To the point of, you know, dropping the C-bomb about Rhaenyra. <laughs> uh, Which gets a disapproving look from Alison. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. That, that, that was too far. Yeah, but she, like, and this is the interesting thing about Alison, which I sort of don't have specific specifically on my list, but this episode was really well paced in how it showed her, um, I guess, her desire to maintain a sense of civility about the arguments Yes. You know, involved in Rhaenyra's questionable, Rhaenyra's kids' questionable parentage and all those sorts of things. You know, how, her arguing with, with Viserys about, you, you've told me not to speak up about this, but I have to speak up. But still, even though she dislikes Rhaenyra, 
still having basic sense of, I guess, a sort of a sister sistership of queens that, you know, when Rhaenyra comes to her, she gets her a cushion to sit down on. And when Sir Kristen calls Rhaenyra a sea bomb, she says, well, hang on, that's going too far. Let's let's hold up. Let's have some basic honour and decency. I I would I would not totally agree with that up to the point of I don't think she gets I, I think she she is she deeply deeply resents Rhaenyra and everything Rhaenyra stands for. Um, and I think the only thing, it's it's that classic thing where she's more concerned with the propriety of it all than she is with potentially avoiding like a calamitous bloodshed filled war. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like I think that that's, that's Alison's great tragedy is that she thinks everyone is so, she, she is so obsessed with propriety yeah. That she can't see beyond that to to the consequences of of what she's doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, true. I think he's very is very guess, telling. I guess. I guess my point is with that is that she sees that that she will continue to give Rhaenyra sort of a set a base level of propriety because because that's what you do if that makes sense. Like she's still a princess. Don't call her a sea bomb. Um, or something like that, because that reflects badly on her. I think. If, well, I, if think she... I think it's more. It's not that she doesn't think Rhaenyra is a sea bomb. She just <laughs> she just objects to the use of the word. Yeah, is, okay. Is the point? Like, I, I I don't get the I don't get the sense that she doesn't think Rhaenyra is a sea bomb. I think she's just like that's a bit uncouth. That's well, I, yeah. I guess that's where my point kind of lies. Is that we know we have honor and decency. Here. Like, there's still a level. Like, yeah. Does, does that make sense? Like, I yeah, don't think she know, likes. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think she likes Rhaenyra at all, uh, at all. But it's still like, no, we're in court. I'm the queen. She's the princess. We must be, you know, honourable. We must be honourable, or we must, you know, she. I'm not going to sink to her level, kind of thing. But then she does sink to her level by the end of this episode, hmm. without realizing, as you say, without realizing the consequences of what she's doing, that yes. she's sinking, and the consequences for her are really massive in terms of her being able to, I guess, live with herself going forward. Uh, and that concerns Laris, who is also on my list, mm-hmm. uh, who comes in quite late into this episode, probably, I don't know, two-thirds of the way through is when we first see Laris. And he's very comfortable. He's a very comfortable ally of Alicent. He's become her, her, little, her little drinking buddy. Yeah, and he's, I don't know if it's her room or his room, but he's obviously very comfortable in her presence, eating her food and drinking her wine before she's there, and she's fine with it. And then he proceeds to, like, sell out his own father and brother. Yep. Yes, he does. <laughs> for her favour. And, I mean, the, the 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 conversation where she talks about, you know, her, like, because Strong, just to explain, obviously, Strong being the much-rumoured, actual father of Rhaenyra's kids. Yes. Seems to confirm it when he has that fight with Kristen in the in the training yard with the boys where Kristen kind of niggles him about saying, oh, you're so protective of Rhaenyra's uh, kids. And, you know, most people would only be like that if they were related to them, like, you know, they were their sons. And then he goes full ape shit on him. Um, and that seems to confirm to everybody, well, clearly he's reacted like it's true. And Harwin Strong has said, well, that's put my position into doubt. I can't serve as the hand because I'm compromised. 
but R- Viserys, because he doesn't have the guts to say to Viserys, hey, our kids have been fucking. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I... <laughs> I can't be your hand anymore because I'm yes. too honourable. Um, uh, my, 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 my son has committed bedroom treason. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the other word for treason? Uh, heresy, bed heresy, undressed. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a pun on the run and uh, it's not working. I've got a head cold, so <laughs> if I'm a bit foggy-brained, that's why. Um, but, yeah, so she... Uh, you know, Alicent feels very alone and she talks about how if my father was the hand again, you know, he would definitely tell the, the, the truth to the king. He wouldn't do what Strong did and kind of, you know, refuse to specify to save Viserys' feelings. And and Laris rightly points out, well, you can't expect your father to be unbiased as well, unpar- impartial as well. And she says, no, but he would be partial to me. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is like, again, like, like the heart of her character and also the heart of her hypocrisy because she's she's appealing to these high-minded ideals, but ultimately what she wants is someone on her side. Yes, and you know, she like, says that. Yeah. Is there no one here? Will no one rid me of this turbulent phrase? Absolutely. That was exactly <laughs> what I thought. I saw you mention that in your recap, and I'm like, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's that's yeah. exactly with that moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, in my recap, I, I used the um, most easy way to explain that, which is from uh, Blackout, the Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's what Henry II allegedly said um, about Thomas Beckett, the uh, naughty, well, not naughty, I suppose, but the um, refusing to play ball Archbishop of Canterbury and some knights overheard him and then proceeded to run off and stab him to death in Canterbury Cathedral. So it's this kind of um, shortcut language for... Uh, be careful what you wish for, I guess. Yes, exactly. Lest, lest you end by getting it. Uh, so, yeah, the Blackadder explains it really well and very, very amusingly. Um, and it's Brian Blessed. So, you know, just go watch two minutes of Brian Blessed shouting and, and, and breaking drinking glasses. It's great. <laughs> Always a good time. Oh, man, the world needs more Brian Blessed. It really does. He's still around, isn't he? Uh, he he is, yeah, yeah. No, he's still with us. Oh, he should. <laughs> he's getting on, but he's he's a uh, he's still yes. a hale and hearty older man. Oh my god, I, he should be in this show. It would be so great, except for the would, fact would, that would he would he kill the immersion though? He, like, yeah, who, that's, who would that's, he even be? <laughs> I know that's that's it. He he he'd need a guest. Come on, dragons! Yeah. He'd need to be in a sort of a one one off episode, kind of like he'd, he'd, he'd need to play one of the like an old an old Baratheon lord or something. Yeah, like one of the big, big hearty hearty lords. Yeah, that... yeah. Well, remember when Ian McShane was in an episode with the Hound and he just got killed off after an episode? Because <laughs> yes. you were like, "It's Al Swearingen! It's Al Swearingen!" Yeah, it, it yeah. that that very nearly. I mean, not not quite as immersion breaking as uh, Ed Sheeran showing up. Oh right yeah. Now, but... <laughs> Yeah, having having Al Swearingen show up to to in an episode of Game of Thrones, it was weird. I still remember that podcast episode where you were just like Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> anyway, he even so- makes a joke about making a song. I don't know. It was it was a bad look. Anyway, <laughs> we won't interrogate it again. She was still bitter, um, but yeah. So Laris is. Uh, I don't know exactly what Laris's end game is here because I don't know that he's quite as obvious as Littlefinger, even though he's he's clearly kind of a mix of of Littlefinger and a bit of Varys. Well, um, people people have pointed out, and I don't know whether this was intentional, but his name is literally a combination of Littlefinger and Varys. He's oh, Laris. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> 
Um, so I don't know oh, whether wow. that was intentional, but you know, it works. It works. It, it definitely work. works. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's ultimately self-interested, yes. um, but he's someone who is very good at seeing which way the wind is blowing and yes. is able to sort of ride those currents. Um, but just the fact incident- that- Incidentally, oh, sorry, you go. Just the fact that he could take out his own family. Like, yeah. does that does that make him- Which does make him Lord of, of Harrenhal. Yeah. Um, it makes him but the last gonna- strong lord. He's not. He's not going to want to go there. Nobody wants to go to Harrenhal. No, no, but but oh. he does. But he does then personally benefit. I mean, he gets all the, you know, power oh, and, and prestige of being the, the Lord of Harrenhal. Yes, that is true. And it's. It, I did notice that he was called Lord Laris, but Harwin Strong was still Sir Harwin Strong. Uh, so I. Well, I, well, he he's a sir because he's a knight. Right. Okay. So sir, sirs are knights. Uh, a lord is not necessarily a knight, and a knight is not necessarily a lord. Right. Um, okay. I, I imagine he's called Lord Strong just because he's a noble person in the castle. Yeah, true. Um, true. They seem to use that as like a placeholder title for any noble person. That's um, right. Although, although think, technically, yeah. you're right. He's not. He's not Lord Strong. Um, his his dad is. Yeah, but like Baelish was Lord Baelish, and. Varus yes, was Lord yes. Varus, so yeah, yeah exactly. you're right. It's probably just a just a, a term, but um, yeah, it just made me think. Hang on, Sir Harwin and Lord Laris, but anyway, that's by the by. Uh, so he has taken out his own family, and and his big monologue at the end, which was a beautiful speech about you know children being a weakness, and you think they'll save you from death, but ultimately they won't. Uh, we all die. <laughs> No one will remember you, so why bother? They're just a weakness. Um, they'll bring you down, which is an excellent, you know, excellent speech. Very atmospheric, very captivating, very chilling, and being juxtaposed with Varys sort of alone in with his, you know, Warhammer kit, uh, <laughs> with rats kind of again surrounding him, uh, with with Matt Damon and his two daughters. Uh, unable to kind of really comfort them after their mother dies, which we'll, which we'll get to. And with, you know, Rhaenyra going back to Dragonstone to kind of set up, I guess, her fortifications in what she now sees as being a, an epic battle to come, uh, then, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it is the end of House Strong because he's clearly stating he has no intentions of carrying on, you know, the name or the title. Mm. So he's just going to do as much as he can while he's alive, and then screw it all, I guess. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's it's quite a strategy. Anyway, back to my list because I've kind of been jumping all over the place. Um, uh, I wrote here so many babies, which was another big thing to, to get yes, used to. Yes, yes, births were a big uh, a big theme of this episode. Yeah, absolutely, because um, Alison has a daughter, which I think she had two sons. Was it, or did did she have? A she has she has two son two sons and a daughter. Yeah, but she'd had a second baby, but I realised that it didn't really say what sex the baby was. So that the, the daughter seemed older than the second son. Anyway, if you know, you know, you can let me know. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, I, I can tell you right now, Aegon, Aegon's the oldest, uh, and then right. it's Helena, then it's ah. Aemon, and then in the books there's a fourth child called Daeron, oh. uh, but I don't know if we're going to get him because it feels like they may just stick with the three. Uh it, it might be it might be a, uh, a bit of streamlining that they're doing. If um, he's not super important, then I can certainly see why. 
they would yeah, like, like I could, I could see, I could see a scenario where they've just decided not to include him. Um, it, it wouldn't be like, like there, there's nothing that they couldn't write around, but it is interesting that they've decided not to go with the four as opposed to the three. Yeah, uh, Rhaenyra also has three. Uh, the new one that you see at the start of the episode, her giving birth to, mm-hmm. which was pretty gross. I've got to say, they didn't show anything, but you could hear it. Yes, uh, <laughs> lots of lots of evocative uh, sound work. That's right. The sound design people well, a lot should. Of, a lot uh, of foley work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope they cabbages got... <laughs> splashing in water. <laughs> I hope they got paid extra for that. Um, so yeah, so she has Jaceris and Lucerus, uh, Jace easy, and e- Luke. Jason, Luke. Yep. Yeah, Jason Luke, which I was like, that's like Jason and Luke. It's like 90210 characters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I put in my recap. Very much not blonde. Very, extremely not blonde. <laughs> extremely not blonde. Uh, three three non-blondes. Three non-blondes, that's right. Uh, it was amazing the way that uh, Alison demanded the kid be brought to her straight away, like straight away. She's literally just come out or the boy has just come out and she's like, Bring him to me because she wants to check out his parentage, obviously. Rhaenyra, and you, you've got to give Rhaenyra props for this. She's like, well, fuck it. If if she wants him, I'm going to bring him. Yeah. Uh, and she can face me and what she's made me do. Mm. And she walks and there's this big tracking shot of her walking through uh, the castle and up the stairs to, to get to this, this room, like bleeding, uh, having just delivered the placenta and everything, like crazy, crazy. Yes. Uh, and she said the whole time, and you really, Emma Darcy did such a good job of of like showcasing that pain. Uh, but the but also the, that like, determination, like just the that absolute stubbornness of not not letting Alison have the satisfaction of her, you know, seeing her son without her there. Hmm. Um, and then Viserys just kind of strolls in, and is like, "Oh, what a great day, everyone!" <laughs> <laughs> Viserys walks in looking like he's he's looked into the Ark of the Covenant. Just this desiccated husk of a man at this stage, 10 years on. Incredible. The fact that he's alive, though, is something to be commented on. Although, just before we started recording, uh, Eloise, friend of the show, Mm. uh, left two comments that have just made me go, What the? And the first one of them is that apparently Viserys has lost a whole arm. Like he doesn't. Yeah, so he's, he's missing. He's missing. Well, he's missing a hand. I completely missed that. I don't know how I missed that. I have obviously, there was so much going on, I forgot to do my usual check for Viserys' wounds because my theory was that he's got all these lesions still, but they're not, like, separating. Like, they Mm. seem to just be lesions on his skin, which is why I had the theory that maybe the guy who seems to be the new Grand Maester um, uh, is maybe been good for him and maybe he replaced Grand Maester Melos, and actually did those herbal poultices that he was recommending, and maybe that has stopped his wounds from, like, you know, being all pestiferous. Which I, I think, I think, I think that might that might be the the idea. Yes, but he still lost a hand, which I did not notice, and I feel really bad about myself. So well, I, I mean, he, he is he 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 has like a full. It's not like he's got the the sleeve pinned up or anything. I think he's got like the he's got the sleeve sort of there, but it's just sort of flapping around, like it's not really. Full of anything, which is yeah. He he basically yeah. He he at some point in the last ten years, he's lost his left arm. Right. So he's literally lost his hand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nah, some symbolism. Uh, now the other thing that 
uh, Eloise did tell me, which leads to my next point on my list, is that apparently Egon is played by David Tennant's son? Yes, Ty Tennant. What the hell is going on? How does David Which Tennant once you once you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, I see it. I see it. That's okay. Everyone's everyone's comparing him to Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, which is also a very strong yes, resemblance. Yes, I definitely um, see that with the with the sort of pointy nose thing. But is he? I didn't think David Tennant had a kid that old. Yeah, from from a previous uh, relationship. So he's his he's his eldest son. Really? Yes. Hang on. Is it? His yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yes, <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. But he, hang on a second. Hang on, I need to look this up. I need to do a quick looking up. Because David Tennant, uh, who played the Doctor, is famously married to uh, Georgia Tennant, who is the daughter of a Doctor, uh, the fifth Doctor. Ah, no, um, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. He's adopted, sorry, yes, he is his son, but he's an adopted son. It was Georgia Moffat's child from a previous relationship. Oh, okay, Tennant, I beg your pardon. I thought, I thought it was from a previous adopted. relationship. Yeah, it was It was Moffat's previous relationship. Oh, okay, right. Not his. Because that's what I remember reading, that she already had a kid when they got married. Oh, um, okay. Because his... Oh, well, that uh, blows my theory out of the water because I, I was seeing a family resemblance there. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, uh, well, if anyone, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a family resemblance to freaking Peter Davison. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the doctor I'm seeing. So, yes, yeah, so they've had a lot of children together, by God. Um, 2011 is Olive, who appeared as John Barrowman's daughter in the Five-ish Doctors reboot. Okay. 2013, a son called Wilfred. 2015, a daughter named Doris, and 2019, another daughter named Birdie. So he's they have his... been uh, fruitful. Yeah, they have, and because I think that Georgia Moffat had had this guy quite young. Um, so that's that. Yeah. So okay. So she's 37, and he's like 19 or 20. So she had him as a teenager, mm. or something like that. Uh, so there you go. But I didn't know the. That's what just made me go. But hang on, they got the dates didn't work out, so I needed to state that. Not not saying that an adopted kid is not a kid, I'm, but yes, it's it's a it freaked me out when Eloise wrote that. I was like, wait, what? How does Dan? <laughs> what? Uh, so yes, um, but he, I mean, he was good. He was eminently punchable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I super wanted to punch him right in the face. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the, the 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 sad thing again is that I think we're only getting him for this episode because we're gonna, or maybe next episode as well, because then we're gonna jump again. Are uh, we? At some stage, yes, we will. Um, oh no! Uh, so we'll we'll get adult Aegon and adult Aemond, um, and adult Helena, uh, because they all have to eventually start having kids as well because this is this is a multi generational uh, affair. Yeah, I have had uh, a couple of people sort of comment on my recaps and things that they're not enjoying the time jumps because of the sort of, I guess, perceived lack of um, character uh, uh, development and things like that. And I mm. do I do understand that. You know, Game of Thrones did cover certain years, but it was never very um, – it, it was never super jumpy like that and it was rare to see anyone aged up. Normally, like, say, Robin Aaron – you saw him in the first season and then when he came back in the fourth or so, he'd obviously just aged enough in real life to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause the show had been off for so long. <laughs> the show had been off for so long. Whereas is this one, they are trying to tell that generational story. So they do have to have those. I don't, I don't mind it so much because I, it gives it the feel of a historical drama. If that makes sense. Like it, yes. it feels like, you know, we're watching a, a, a dramatization of, of real events. 
Yes, um, yes. Having said that, if you're if anyone is worried by that, I feel like that will settle down from season two onwards. Um, because I feel like they have to that they've deliberately made the choice to tell a lot of backstory in this first season. But once the Dance of the Dragons kicks off, you're talking about a period of about two years. Ah, uh, okay. you know. So I think they will settle down a lot more, and it will be a lot more sort of day to day, you know, episode to episode sort of thing, yeah. rather than having these giant. I mean, this is the biggest time jump, ten years. But I think we'll we'll have another time jump before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, only of a few years, but I think you know enough to for everyone to sort of age up into their adult counterparts. Yeah, they'll need to get Jace probably up. To, they'll need to get Luke and Jace relatively older teens, and and yeah. Egon and Aemond especially will need to get a little bit older yeah um to be where they need to be when the dance begins uh exactly uh speaking of dancing um Lainor. yes on my list I just wanted to mention that he's carousing uh, <laughs> sure is and uh and dancing with the Fine. I just I love the fact that he found a guy called Carl. It's incredible that you made that connection. <laughs> I had not even thought about that, but you're right. It's Len- <laughs> Lenny and Carl. Lenny and Carl. <laughs> I'm going outside to stalk <laughs> Lenny and Carl. Um, I don't think that his actor transition worked quite as well um, as the teen, but I do. It's probably something to do with the hair. His hair as an adult is like way more sort of super trendy than kind of the big braids that the, the teen one had but I felt his face shape was different but you know it's still it worked fine mm, that's cool. um, I, I didn't I didn't mind it too much I, I thought that I think the the, the adult actor is quite good actually I like him in, oh, the, in the role yeah yeah yeah. he's great in the role like don't get me wrong he just like the 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 two girls they've done like so precisely yes this yeah. this one was just like not quite as precise that's all it's it's a minor... and also, pe- on, on that people have pointed out that like even more so than uh, than uh, than Millie, uh, you know the, the the younger actress who plays Rhaenyra, um, Emma Darcy looks like the actress who played her mother, Emma. Oh, yes. Like she really does. Like there's a, there's a family resemblance there that that yes. is quite quite you know stark and and quite shocking when you sort of think about it it's they've just just the casting they're not usually that on point with casting it's not stark it's targaryen it's targaryen of course yeah (laughs) i'm searching for a different word than stark because i knew that that was it's a loaded term when we're talking about we're not at the apple of the wolf yet but anyway uh, that's 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 neither here nor there i would love to see some starks uh uh, you've you've read the books do you are there starks involved um, oh look! I mean, they're, they're Starks in Westeros, and they certainly have a, a stake in all this. So, who oh, knows? Stu, ah, oh, Stu, you're so good at keeping the details. I just realised in jumping to Lainor, I forgot to mention what I actually had written down about Egon, which is that he wanks weirdly, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it. Now, look, don't don't kink shame people, Natalie. Sometimes no, I- some people just like to stand on a high balcony above a crowded street and uh, completely naked and, and jerk it into the thin air. Okay, Stu, I need to tell you where I'm sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm in Sydney. Yeah? Are, are you on a balcony? I'm, I'm sitting right next to a balcony, okay? I'm my apartment here that I got, very nice. Shout out to the Meriton Suites on Kent Street in Sydney. 
beautiful, beautiful people. Love them. They, is this an athlete? Are we, are we going to get a kickback for that? Or I would like a kickback if they would. <laughs> but I, I mainly, I mainly am saying it because when I fractured my ankle and I was able to stumble back here, they yes, got me into a cab, nice. got me to the hospital and, and everything. So I am very, very happy to, to spruik them. Obviously, if they want to shoot me some more, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running out of body wash and body lotion and, and laundry yeah. detergent. So if they want to send more of that up, that'd be a, at least a start. Um, but I have a balcony now because I have this thing with balconies where I really like them. I like being able to access the outdoors, but with the balcony, I open it and then I go, what if I fell off? <laughs> like I can't stop my brain from thinking I could just fall off right now. I could just literally be leaning over this thing and fall off. And then I get weirdly terrified. And it's not that I'm scared of heights necessarily, although maybe that is what it is. It's more that I'm just scared of like falling to my death. Is that No, totally. That I absolutely get it. So I sort of was really keen to have a balcony. So I'm like, I'm going to sit in the balcony in the sun and enjoy this beautiful view of, you know, Sydney CBD that I have. And I keep sticking my head out and going, no, it's it's really high up. I feel like there should be a higher fence here or something (laughs) because I'm really clumsy, Stu. And what Mm -hmm. if I get out there and I fall over this balcony? What, what, what happens then? So the thought, the idea that I would want to stand out there flicking the bean in the mood (laughs) Just, it does not, I don't get any, <laughs> I don't get any understanding of how that could be. I'm, and again, it's not about kink shaming. It's not about kink shaming. Sure. I don't want to kink shame young Egon and <laughs> teenage predilections. What I am concerned about is, you know, one, safety, but two, it just smacks of like this weird, and I made this comparison in my recap, but this was like the thing in succession that made me go, oh my God, is, is Kieran Culkin you know, having it, having it, a tug, uh, you know, <laughs> 50 stories up. There just seems something very denigrating about it. Like you, you think you're better than everyone else, that, 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 that people sure. are undeserving, that you're, you know, you're so powerful that you need this, like, that's what it points to. It's the, it's what it points to in the character of someone. Uh, that makes me very uneasy. Mm, absolutely, yeah. No, no, look, look, that that's definitely an element to it. I, I will say that um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a wanking scene, but uh, Tyrion did uh, piss off the edge of the wall um, and expressed a desire to want to, you know, have a urinate yeah. off the off the end of the I, wall. I think there's something about uh, men getting their tackle out in high places and yeah. doing something to sort of say, ah, oh, this is this is all mine. I'm in charge. Like I'm marking, in charge. Marking territory. Yeah, you're right about Tyrion. I sort of forgot that. Um, yeah, he he did do that. Uh, and and yeah, I don't know if he would do that in later episodes. I feel like maybe his personality no. kind of changed enough to go. Maybe I don't need to do this. But uh, yeah, it's 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 just a bit odd. Um, and it was very confronting. And and it. You know, I, I, I don't want to be accused of, like, they made me look at a teenage boy's butt. Like, am I a pervert now? <laughs> am I a pervert now? I don't want he to. Was also, he was also weirdly pale. Like, he's a he's a strangely pale man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they're Targaryens. I can't imagine they, they like the sun. This is uh, true. But, yeah. Um, so, okay, so I meant that. Um, I mentioned Lenny and Carl. I mentioned Laris. And I ran out of room before I got a chance to write down Damon. So let's see what is on your list, right? And okay. What you, and what you what you forgot if I mentioned it or not? 
Fair enough. Okay. Well, the first item on my list was uh, let's do the time warp again. <laughs> uh, mostly because uh, Viserys reminds me of Riff Raff, as I see you've I made that connection that. in your in your thing as well. I said um, that too. Oh, Stu, absolutely. We're jamming. We're jamming. Same That's wavelength. it. That's it. Same I was just, I'm thinking there's a time warp. We've got a weird desiccated uh, crypt keeper man. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't find any other parallels. I guess there's like a Columbia and Magenta sort of thing there. I don't know. Um, there was also. Uh, so we, we are, the next item on my list was uh, new actors, uh, same lingering resentments. Uh, so we continue that relationship then between Rhaenyra and Alicent. And it's interesting in this episode, Rhaenyra obviously is continually frustrated by Alicent. Um, and yet, like, she's kind of, it, it's strange, like, she's kind of living her best life in a lot of ways. Like, like everything's going according to plan as far as she's concerned. She's got three sons. She's 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 had heirs. She she has she has heirs to the Iron Throne. Um, everything's fine as long as everyone ignores the fact that they are very clearly not <laughs> Lena's son, Lena's sons. Um, although, as I've seen pointed out in other places, there was some I forget exactly which uh, review pointed this out. I'm I'm sorry, but like it's a great point. Um, she's the heir to the Iron Throne. Right, so in many ways, it literally doesn't matter who the boy's father is, and and she says this. She says it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, You're a Targaryen. Targaryen. You're my son. Yeah. You you can and the both the boys ride dragons. Yes. So very clearly, they are the blood of old Valyria. There's yes. no problem as far yes. as that's concerned. All that matters is the propriety of the thing. Yes. Yeah. Which is what all that Alison is concerned about. She's yeah. so. She is so obsessed with the idea that Rhaenyra is living the life that she couldn't. Yes. She yes, yes. has she has done her duty. Yeah. And and slept with the decrepit old king. <laughs> you know and what's true? You- some airs. Yeah. You know, and she's done everything that was ever asked of her and Rhaenyra just lives her life however she wants and and she just can't stand it. Yeah. And she's willing That's- to rip everything apart. To, to prove a point. I really wish that I had made that point in my recaps, too, because it's very smart and clever and perceptive and, um, uh, yeah, damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once again, Stu is, is smarter than me. Damn it. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the thing. Like, Rhaenyra has worked out an arrangement for her going into marriage mm. because she had that exposure from Damon to other options. Yes, you know, exactly. And, and and Alicent didn't have that. She was told by her father to go and meet the king and then the king said, I'm going to marry you, and she's just been groomed by her father to be a queen and to have sons because mm. they won't accept a, a daughter on the Iron Throne and he, he sees his daughter being able to fulfil the role yes. of providing sons. Um, and, yeah, she's she's bitter. And, like, I, I I'm at that point I'm all in on Rhaenyra having this and and you're right like if it was a matrilineal society it actually would not give matter a hoot who hmm. the, the fathers were um and and that you know they had that discussion about if she was a if Rhaenyra was a boy she could bed as many men as she wanted and have many bastards um but yeah it's it's and John's uh, yeah no he was technically not a bastard after all that but yeah it's it's interesting a discussion of what what actually is a a bastard um and young jace asked that he says is harwin strong my father am i a bastard and she's like no you're a targaryen mm. 
Exactly. Um, and that's so all that matters um, to her. Yeah. Yes. But it, it is worth pointing out that she is acting incredibly recklessly. In, oh, the, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the sense that as far as this world is concerned, like there are rules that yes. you have to follow. And one of them is you're supposed to have children with your married like Lord. And that's, yes. there's, that they went to all this trouble to arrange this marriage. And then she's just had three, three kids, not one, not two, but three kids with uh, a, just a paramour. And I made you know. this point in my recap with like strong at one point at the hunt comes out to give his advice on who Rhaenyra should marry and he suggests mm. Lainor back then. Yes. But Viserys at the time went, oh, don't tell me your son Harwin would no doubt be the best match for her. It was bloody well right. Yeah. It was right. It, like was, if, good, it, was, it was good foreshadowing is what it was, Natalie. Yeah, it, it was really good foreshadowing. But if, if he'd have just gone, actually, yeah, he's probably got a right temperament for her, then, you know, they could have avoided that. He was still a lord of a great house. Not like they would have sacrificed the the connection with the Valarions, but it still would have been a, you know, a good match. You know? And that's uh, just just on that. I mean, that that's why it sort of grates when when Alicent says, you know, like, oh, there, there is no one who'll speak up, like, you know, who who will who will be propriety and and you know who will be honourable about this. And it's like Lionel Strong was honourable. Like he was an honourable person. He was someone who was deeply, you know, not self-interested. He was the least self-interested man in Westeros, basically, mm. you know, and had, uh, you know, as soon as he found out what was going on, he just he just immediately was like, well, I have to resign. And, you know, Alison's there talking about, oh, you know, no one, no one will be on my side. It's like, well, you know, Lord Strong is kind of not not on your side. Like he's he, he knows something bad has happened here and he's like, something has to be done. But I think Alison just feels like no one is advocating on her behalf. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's a weird position to be in. I find it very hypocritical, and I think that hypocrisy kind of comes to roost for Alison at the end of the episode, where she realizes what her idle wishes have wrought. Yes, yes. And the thing is about Strong too is that if if you go and look at that scene in the small council, and both Alicent and Rhaenyra are on the small council. Mm. And while there's definitely, you could argue, I think that Rhaenyra as the heir should have a place on the small council. The fact that the queen is there as well, yes, is pretty interesting. Like that, she, she is obviously demanded to have a spot, and Viserys has gone, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, like I'm not having fighting. It's just not. I don't want the fight. Yeah, and she's smart and she's capable, so why not? So that's that's great. But at, at you see when they're talking about the stepstones because the stepstones and the triarchy are starting to raise its head again, hmm. and Rhaenyra is saying, well. Oh, sorry. No, it was before that talking about the Brackens and the Blackwoods who you mentioned yes, in yeah. that earlier episode. They're, clearly they're bringing back that whole interfamily beef. Um, and she's saying, Alison says, treat it this way, make it a Tully problem or something. And then she's saying, uh, Rhaenyra's saying, well, no, do this. And so they're arguing about how to address the issue. And you can see Strong looking at, you know, Rhaenyra and going, oh, that should be possible, yep, and then looking at Alicent on other things and going, okay, like you can see him really watching the two women, you know, duke it out mm. verbally yeah. and which way to play it. So he's the ultimate diplomat. He's really trying to see both sides and not, you know, anger. You know, he knows that Viserys is is loyal to, to Rhaenyra as the future heir, but he also knows that, Alicent is the queen and and can talk to Viserys in more intimate settings. So he's yeah he's he's certainly um, 
trying to be like Laris actually says his honor has has always been a millstone around his neck and um that's him seeing it as someone who's entirely self-interested would yes. see it as a, as a bad quality but it's actually really very much in in Strong's you know to his credit that he acts with such little self-interest and he's really trying to balance all the competing you know views so his loss because he's I guess dead they, they show a couple of bodies at the end coming yeah, out he, of he, he and Harwin both die in the fire they, they're both dead in the fire. Okay. And that's a massive loss. Like Harwin, obviously, for eye candy's sake and just, <laughs> and just for being like a really good dude, uh, it, it's a big loss. But Strong as a kind of sturdy guiding hand is, um, is, 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 is poor. Do you think this means that Hightower will come back? Yes, um, absolutely. Well, he, yes, right. he will. Yeah. The, 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 the implication now is that they'll have to call Otto back. Yeah. Uh, and what's he been doing for ten years? Gardening, sitting you know? sitting around at Old Town. Yeah, <laughs> listening to Old Town. Wasn't that, <laughs> wasn't that a boy band or something? Old Town. There was Old Town Road. That was a song. Old Town Road. Oh, that's no, that's a more modern song. Wasn't there about? Yeah. Anyway, um, bad nineties boy band joke. If if it even was, I could be making. <laughs> um. Your list, Stu. The next item on my list is uh, a strong resemblance. Um, yes. <laughs> obviously, uh, yes, we we have the 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 two or the three rather the three uh, Targaryen boys or the Valerian boys rather, um, and uh, we have the three uh, Targaryen children. Um, so we have the next generation in this intergenerational conflict. It's like um, the high all over again. Exactly, exactly. I, I found it really interesting, and I think it's really important that Aegon is kind of chummy with Luke and Jace. He's yeah. he's kind of he's kind of mucking around with them in the dragon pit against his brother. Yes, you know yeah. they, 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 the three of them play a prank on Aemon because he hasn't bonded with the dragon yet. They bring out the pig. Yeah. Um, you know, good good gear, good stuff. It's a great um, prank, but you know, Eamon has got a massive chip on his shoulder. He sure does. <laughs> he really does. I'm sure that won't play out later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I because you know, this it, it's sort of come out this episode how the dragons work. So yes. you, we, we Lena talks about that with her daughter who hasn't had a dragon egg hatch either. And so, you know, you assume that they get given a dragon egg and that it kind of hatches when the baby is a baby or a yes. young child and then they grow with it together. So that's the ultimate, you know. Sure. Or the, the other way is to is to force a bond, or not force a bond, but like to, to bond with a, an, an already living dragon, which is harder but can be done. Yes. And it's obviously um, what Lena does with Vega. Yes. Yes, because um, we get that great scene. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But um. Yeah. But I, I just thought it was really interesting that um, Aegon, as far as Aegon's concerned, he's totally cool with it. He's like, Rhaenyra's the heir. Yeah. Luke is uh, is her, or, or um, J- yeah. Jace is her her heir, so he'll be king after her, and that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. Why would I bother? I'm, I'm jerking off out of windows. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm still a you prince. Know? He's like, I'm fine. And, yeah. uh, you know, Alison is the one who's like, no, 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 you are the threat. Yes. You know, you you are going to be the thing. And she's not she's not wrong, but she doesn't have to be right, if that makes sense. Like yes. there are there are ways, and Rhaenyra proposes a perfectly good solution in this 
Yes. In this episode where she's like, we'll join, we'll join the families. Like we'll join it all into one big happy house. This doesn't have to be a conflict. And Alison just can't do it. Yeah. Because she's been indoctrinated since she was a young girl by her parents, by her father specifically, that no, 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 you need to advocate on behalf of our family, not their family, our family. Yes. And they will always see you as a threat, you know? And it's like, he's not wrong. Like, like there, there are people within the realm who would look to Aegon as a potential, you know, alternative to Rhaenyra. But if Aegon himself said, no, I'm good. She's, she's the queen. I'm all, I'm all good. That would, that would diffuse a lot of that. But Alison's not really there for that. You well, know, so. remember, remember that um, uh, Otto even suggested to Viserys back at the hunt that, that Rhaenyra should marry Aegon when yes. he was a baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But only because he hates Damon. That, that was literally the only reason he was doing that. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I, I, just, I just don't want Damon on the throne. That, that was, that was yeah. his big worry. Yes. So it's yeah. There's there's so much there's so much there where it's like these these generational conflicts sort of drag in the younger generation. You know, like like this could there's a version of this story that doesn't play out the way it does. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is that Jace would marry Helena, uh, yes, and and therefore there would be the Targaryen. It would be an aunt and a nephew situation. If I get that right. Pretty um, much, yeah. So Helena yeah. is uh, Rhaenyra's half sister. Yes. Um, so and so, I guess it. I guess it's like aunt and nephew. Nephew. Or, yeah, it's so yeah. hard to keep track of all the weird. It's it's, look, it's, it's a a, fa- a family tree that loops back on itself. It uh, really does. You know. but, I'm just surprised yes. that nobody nobody seems to have any kind of you know weird um, problems. Although maybe Helena, I don't know. She seems. Uh, possibly touched by, I don't mean to sound weird, but she seems spooky and like I'm playing with a centipede and have. Well, I do love, I do love that she's just like a, a weird, creepy bug girl and Alison yeah. is just sitting there, like just sort of humoring her. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, um, what a great scene. Uh, um, yeah, she's like, yep, okay, sure, whatever. Okay, interesting. Yep, millipede's yep. great. Okay, Play with nice your bug. One. Play with your bug. That's nice, dear. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all little girls like, bugs. Uh, not not that we're shaming, not that we're hobby shaming. I think it's great that she's into you know weird creatures. No, absolutely. Um, so so yeah. she has some inter- she has some interesting things to say about those bugs. She she seems to know that Amond is lying, and and when I thought was interesting when uh, Alison said you will get a dragon one day, Amond, and she said he'll have to close an eye. <laughs> and I yes. I, I, yeah, you probably know more about that than I do, having read further. But it, that struck me as either like it's a literal thing, like he'll have to, you know, blind somebody and take their dragon, or you know, there's a meaning to that thing. Mm-hmm. So she, she seems like potentially a bit of a Cassandra, if we're to reference Greek mythology. She can see the future a bit, or something. Yes, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that they've. It's interesting that they've done that with her. I think that's that's yeah. It's it's an interesting way to go with her because yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> you cannot I, I, say anymore. I can't say, say anymore. Like it's 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 so frustrating because like I could I could say all sorts of things about how you know like, like about her character and 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 about every the, the people surrounding her. But it's interesting that they've gone that route with her. I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see it play out. Yeah. 
Um, okay. The next item on my list quickly was, uh, so a strong resemblance of what we've already said, um, uh, Lena dies a dragon rider. Oh, um, my god! was the other thing. So obviously we get this uh, storyline uh, over in Pentos across the Narrow Sea. Uh, we get, uh, obviously, uh, Damon and uh, Lena uh, are happily married, um, or relatively happily. Um, although yeah. some some ennui and, and resentment has crept in in the in the recent years, apparently, yes. um, because Damon wants to. Damon has sort of weirdly found a half kind of happiness, like he's he's found someone who I think sort of matches him beat for beat. Like he yes. he yes. he has someone who can keep up with him. Yes, and he they have they have two daughters and and a third child on the way, and and it seems he sees a way to something that he thinks will make them happy, which is they can get out of, that they don't have to concern themselves with Westerosi politics anymore. They can just live in Pentos, ride their dragons when they're called on, you know, and otherwise live a peaceful life. And uh, Lena sort of rightly spots that that's never going to be enough for you. Like, you think it'll be enough for you. You've convinced yourself it'll be enough for you, but all you do is read about the glory of old Valyria. Yeah, yeah, and claim that you're not interested in it. Yeah. That's all you read about. But it's also I think she's making a play for herself as well because she says that she yeah. doesn't want to be a fat country lord. You know, no. she wants to die a dragon rider's death. She, she, you know, they are the inheritors of old Valyria. They deserve more. They're destined yeah. more for greatness. And so she's sort of making the pitch for herself as well as for him, which I think is really, really valuable. And it's such a shame that, you know, we have her and she just seems like so badass and then we lose her again to childbirth, to biology, you know, Mm. Um, the inability of, of medicine to deal with complicated births and the, you know, the self knowledge that she doesn't want to, you know, I guess either, you know, be, be carved open like Emma and there's no, I put in my recap that, you know, it's not sure whether she knows about what happened to Emma, but obviously she's aware something is wrong and she decides to make her own decision about how she's going to, to leave. But if, if yeah. neither she or the baby are going to survive, then she's going to, you know, go in, in a way that suits her. And also the supreme, the supreme irony of <laughs> Damon after mocking the air for a day. Um, being faced with that same terrible choice himself, but then she makes it. She makes the choice for him. You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh yeah, of course. Yes, the air for a day. Yeah, um, and he's you know, and he's 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 as emotional as I guess he can be, given that he's probably fairly stunted uh, emotionally. <laughs> and he talks about her with "Oh my brave girl," and you know, he does go after her. I, I don't know how she was able to kind of slip away from everyone's attention and kind of get out without, you know, within a few seconds without them noticing. Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> dramatic license. Dramatic license, I know. But then he goes after her because clearly, but what can he do? You know, she's not going to survive this either way and this way she gets to go out on her own terms. And the way that she commands Vega to, to you know, Dracarys no, to it's burn incredible. her. It's incredible. And this great big dragon like the biggest one ever i think vagar is supposed to be uh vagar vagar is one of the three dragons that aegon had visenya rode vagar oh my gosh and really yeah so so yeah. vagar is like nearly 200 years old like oh, wow. she vagar came vagar was one of the original three targaryen dragons oh wow 
the, the, um, the last one left, the last one that saw Aegon's conquest. Well, she she talked about Vagar when she was a twelve year old. Remember when? Yeah, she yeah. She was she was asking about about her. She was asking about Vagar, and so and, somewhere along the line, and she she talked about this to to the daughter who didn't have a dragon, saying, "I didn't have a dragon until I was fifteen, and now I ride Vagar." So some hmm. somehow, and that sort of ties with her age at the wedding. I think is sort of about her age. She's sort of fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. At Rhaenyra's wedding, before the time jump. Um, or maybe, I don't know, a bit older, but at some point in her teens, she's been able to find this dragon and bond with it. And and now this dragon is sort of called upon to, to burn her. And the dragon was so, like, it was so yeah. heartbreaking, Stu. I know, I know. Because the, dragon, the dragon's like, no, I, I don't want to do this. What are you doing? And yeah. she's like, no, 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 Dracarys. <laughs> this, big, this big, you know, big terrifying creature and a CGI creature that you could be like, oh, my God, he's she, sorry, Vega's a, a, a girl dragon. She's so upset. You know, she's she's you know, she's she doesn't want to lose her her bonded, you know, human bonded human, I guess. So uh rider. So yeah, it's but it's like a really powerful way to go out. And I think I mean, once again it's it's uh, you know, woman dies so man can find himself. But uh, hopefully it's not in vain and Matt Damon is able to kind of get over his emotional Buntedness and and actually do something. I don't know for for the for the good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, I that that's a good that's a good point. I, I don't think that's what the show was going for. Although I think it accidentally sort of stumbled into that trope where, you know, you you, you lose a, a pretty badass character so that like the male character has some emotional growth. Yes, yes. Um, I, I've seen I've seen some criticism online. A lot of people were not a lot of people so i've seen some people sort of say that they were upset by this episode because once again it leans into this idea that like you know you, you you're basically killing off women in childbirth um and and that that's inherently misogynist and i think what? yeah well you know I, I i don't i don't agree um but it's I, like i think there's i think there's there's a there's an interesting discussion to be had about how it's sort of deployed, but I think the the show is very much on the women's side in this in these stories. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's trying to it's trying to portray it portrays two two births in this in this episode, like the the one that opens and the one that yes. sort of closes it, and one one is one is very successful and relatively easy, and one is you know horrific and ends in the death of of the mother. Yes. Um and those are those are two of the options that you have when you have childbirth up until this very day. Yes, yes. Um you know I think there's there's a reality to that that I think you know is very that, that it is deliberate and and does, and meant to be you know highlighting like like women's yeah. strength I I think in in many ways. But it's the, um, it's the quirks of know. history. Like it's the, 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 the ability of women to yeah. have children, the ability of women to have, have, you know, males versus female children, the ability of women to survive childbirth. This mm. is all why we have, you know, the fact that like Queen Elizabeth died and her succession is now firmly men for the next three generations. Yes. You know, yeah. it, is, it is possible we will never see another queen again, putting aside, you know, Republicans and whatnot. But, but uh, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it's Charles, William, George. It, it's only if yeah, George... Yeah, I, I, George... I love that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a king, but just an accident of birth means it will be kings for the next three it generations. 
Yeah, yeah. And and so unless George, his first child is a girl, because they've changed the law now, it's whatever child is born first. So unless George has a girl, yeah. we won't see a queen, for, you know. So it's, 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 um, uh, uh, did did she die like this in the book, Stu? I mean, you could probably talk. She to that. she died in she died in childbirth. It, it, it's said in the book she died in childbirth, and the showrunners okay. have said they wanted to give her more agency than that. So, yeah, well, so they, they 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 made they they made this extra bit where she goes to Vagar and goes out as a dragon rider, yeah. which I think well, is incredibly powerful. And, yeah. and 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 the whole point of that is that she takes back agency from. A, a, a terrible from a from a situation where she had her agency removed. Yeah, and like you, we saw yeah. with Emma. We this is like the follow up to Emma. We saw Emma had no choice in in that birth. Like Viserys mm. was told, we can open her up, but she probably won't live. But we might save the child. And Viserys, and in fact, we yep. see we see him at the very end of the episode, um, still mourning her and looking at her yeah. her her ring. Yes, you know, and yes. it's obviously it's a decision that haunts him to this to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas in in this one, uh, Lena is able to go. Well, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go in the way of a of a dragon rider. I'm going yeah. to go out in in a blaze of glory, literally. Um, and it's quick as well. Like it's not painful. Then she just gets burnt in a couple yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's dragon flame. She's done. <laughs> yeah, done. Well done. Uh, but. It, <laughs> Um, but it, I, I don't see why you would, if, if in the source material, she dies in childbirth and then they change it to make her death in childbirth kind of awesome. Like, I don't see how that's filling in a trope of killing women off in childbirth. It's like, well, that's what the source material said happened to her. So, well, yeah, I mean, like I can, I can see it from the point of view of like, it's all made up. Like you can do whatever you want. Yeah, well, yeah, like, so, <laughs> so sure. Like I, I, I get that. I understand, but I, you know, I would, I would love for for Lena to have played more of a role and to see yeah. more of her. In fact, I would have liked. It's the one thing where the ten year time jump is a little bit like bittersweet because like we didn't see her bond with Vega. We didn't see much of her relationship with Damon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the birth yeah. of their two daughters, like you know, and and we don't see a lot of his relationship with his two daughters. Um, yeah. you and know, so I, I and there's there's stuff there. There's really interesting stuff there, like. You know, Dame, da, you know, Daddy Damon. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's actually like it's a really interesting, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a really interesting dynamic at play there that I think could have been explored a lot more. Obviously, it's largely a distraction from what we're all here for, which is the epic dragon battles. But um, <laughs> you know, it's just that I don't like, I don't like people saying, "Oh no, you're just killing women off in childbirth." I, I just. I'm so into saying that still happens. You know, it, it happens in America now because of the terrible health care. Yeah. It happens all around the world in developing countries. It's such a huge childbirth is just one of those things that is sure. so risky. And I think it's part of it's part of the larger and I'm 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 mansplaining women's issues to my female co host right now. But but could, like you could. But you you've know, had a child. I, I haven't had a child. Well, well, sure. Yeah, well, well, you know that, that's uh, that's besides the point. But I mean, like, if I, I understand people who cannot get into this show because they don't like depictions of violence against women, because that hits too close to home for them, or it, it triggers them, or whatever. Like, I, I am sympathetic to that. But I feel like people who specifically criticize this episode for robbing Lena of any sort of agency or something are incorrect. Yes, is, is my point. Yeah, like if you if you're like this isn't for me, and I I I am upset by the depiction of like 
childbirth is like very, very horrific. Like I, I get that totally like, sure. Don't watch. Like, it's not a problem. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. Like, you know, don't watch If something, if something is upsetting to you, you shouldn't have to watch it. Like just yeah, watch. We're in peak TV guys. Like watch whatever, many, many other shows that you can watch. But like, yeah, watch, watch if you're that. criticizing the episode for being, yeah, if you're criticizing the episode for being like anti-women, I think you're very much missing the point of like this episode specifically and this series, which is centered on its female characters and the ways in which they are constrained by the men around them. Yes. Thank you, Stu. Thank you for being a feminist. I, <laughs> I am. I am, <laughs> I am deferring entirely. <laughs> I think Stu speaks for all women. Uh, <laughs> yes. How could you say something so true and so brave? <laughs> um, no, but it, like it, it is. Is 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 all? All I have is the experience of of uh, of being a woman. Going, it's ter- childbirth is freaking terrifying. Like it is. It hmm. is gen- genuinely uh a scary I, and i having never been pregnant or had a had a kid the prospect of it is terrifying and obviously some women don't you know feel that but uh i sure do so i like seeing and and my love of reading history so much of it is this great woman and then she died mary wollstonecraft yeah. amazing yeah. founder of feminism died um after giving birth to mary shelley who wrote frankenstein like hmm. imagine imagine <sighs> Her, she it was only 37. Like imagine her going on to do more and write more. Like so many women have have lost their lives to fulfill the the, the biological function that, that continues the human race, you know. So yes. um, to, to give her that agency is is you know spectacular. And I hope that it at least does not is not in vain that that Damon, you know, and his daughters are, you know, cognizant of what she sacrificed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was really it was an interesting choice on the part of the showrunners in some of the promo materials, and I think in like there was there was promo shots, and also um, I think in one of the trailers, like we see a shot of him sort of comforting uh, his daughters and like, like like hugging them or at least talking to them. Whereas in the episode itself, he very much is like ignoring them, like they're on they're on the rooftop, and he's like walking away from them, and he can't deal with what's going on. And I thought that was a really interesting choice because they obviously had options there to sort of portray what his reaction to uh, Lena's death was going to be. And the fact that he's sort of like basically ignoring his daughters after her death is, is interesting. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out, but. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he's, he, he seemed to have some bond with the elder one who, cause he was speaking to her in high Valyrian and I suspect she's the one with the dragon. She's the one with the dragon. Yeah. So he kind of sees a bond there, but he can't really bond with the, the other daughter. So, you know, he's going to have to step up. Yeah. Stu, you're a father of a daughter. You know what it's like. You got to step up. That's it's definitely true. You've it is give, absolutely true. You've got to give Chloe Giant's Bane her ax and you've got to show her how to use it. Oh, uh, she'll, she'll find an ax all by herself. Don't you worry. <laughs> Um, the last couple of items on my list, just to get through them very quickly, because we've talked about them a little bit, a lot, uh, a little bit already is, um, Alison has her rid me of this troublesome priest moment. Yeah. So uh, and then just the final thing that I wrote down was, uh, rats in the red keep. Uh, yes. so that, that motif is continuing, uh, a lot yeah. of rats in the red keep. Um, yeah. someone should really do something about them. Okay. <laughs> That's ominous. Hmm. 
I mean, the biggest rat of all is uh, Sir Laris. Uh, no, <laughs> sure, yes, exactly. One would, one would well, whose personal uh, sigil uh, the, the production team has confirmed is a firefly. It's a firefly. A firefly. It looked like a cicada or maybe a bee or something. But um, I was t- I put that in my recap. I was mm. trying to work out what kind of a bug it was. Apparently that is a firefly. A firefly. But a firefly is kind of a cool little bug. Like, sure. he deserve a cool bug. He deserves yeah. like a terrible bug. Or just a fly, just a regular fly, you know, that feasts on shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, well... I just had a ball this episode. It was it was so great, and we've got four. I can't believe we've only got four episodes left. Crazy, crazy. Four, four jam packed episodes. There, I think. I think every one of them is over an hour long. Oh wow! Um, okay. So there, there's a lot to get through, and the the episode titles that have been released give a general shape to what I think is going to happen, and there's going to be some interesting uh, developments in the next couple of episodes. So. Yes, oh, as, I, as we see, a lot of a lot of the pieces are in place now. A lot of the a lot of the younger characters, a lot of the sons and daughters of uh, you know Alicent and Rhaenyra are sort of on the board, and uh, pieces will start moving. So, okay. Well, I haven't seen the preview for next week. Do you want to tell me what next week's episode is called? Uh, next week's episode is called. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> hang on one <laughs> sec. Uh, I have them somewhere. Where are they? This is all excellent audio. So the the next episode, episode seven, is called Driftmark. Um, oh. and it, it runs it runs fifty eight minutes. Um, so it's the shortest episode of the next lot. Episode eight is called The Lord of the Tides at sixty seven minutes. Episode nine is called The Green Council at uh, sixty minutes, and then episode ten is called The Black Queen oh. at sixty three minutes. So I think oh, you gave it away there, Stu. There is a sense of <laughs> there is a sense of um. A shape to the to the back half of this season. People who already know the the story will have a sense of what is possibly going to happen in those few episodes. But I don't think I've given anything away uh, too much. I think we yeah, well, we sort, of, we sort of understand that certain things have to happen in the next few episodes um, yeah. to, to sort of spark uh, some sort of conflict. So. Yeah, well, the uh, drift mark implies that Corlys might be back. Yes, yeah, so, and and the the Lord of the Tides afterwards. Yes, and obviously at the end of this episode, uh, Rhaenyra has re- retreated. Would we say retreated? Made a strategic withdrawal to Dragonstone yes. and set Which up on was, Dragonstone. I thought it was such a nice way that she and Lainor kind of came together, you know, because they were in conflict mm. much of the episode about, you know, his cavorting versus her need for him to actually step up and go, no, these are my kids, like protect them. Yeah. And her, you know, coming back and saying to him, you know, the wise sailor flees the storm as it gathers and them going, okay, we're going to go to Dragonstone. We're going to get away from all this and set ourselves up. And then she says, you know, bring your boyfriend. We're going to need every sword we can get. So she's clearly seeing the writing on the wall. She needs to start making preparations to shore up her allies and, Mm. you know, her, her, her base. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see whether you know how Corlys, who's going to be a big factor in that, which way he goes because you know Lainor is his son, uh, but his grandchildren aren't technically well. Te- well, you know, technically, he's they are they are his grandchildren. Technically, they are. <laughs> he's also lost his daughter. Um, yes, yes, so and, and in the other- in the preview, uh, we see uh, Lena's uh, funeral starting the episode. So, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yes. I'll have to go watch that now. 
Um, so, yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting which way because they're obviously the biggest ally of, of Viserys. Sure. But if they decide to turn, if, if Alicent turns Viserys, you know, against Rhaenyra or tries to, then Rhaenyra will be trying to suck up to that uh, sweet Valarian, you know, power base. Well, they, they have the fleet. They have the royal fleet, basically. And they're quite close to each other, aren't they? Driftmark and They and are, yeah. Driftmark and Dragonstone are quite close, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're strategically you know, physically uh, good allies. So, Mm. um, yes, the plot is afoot. Yes, uh, it is. And we shall shall leave it there. Stu, as always, thank you so much for your insight and for being smarter than me in in so many ways. (laughs) You're Um, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly when it comes to women's issues. Uh, And (laughs) uh, if you would like to um, comment, like, uh, talk, subscribe, chat, Call in. Call in. That's what we call it. Uh, at Girl Clumsy is me. At Disco Stew is Stew. And we love to hear from people. Um, Facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne is where I post the recaps and podcast links. And, of course, as always, the biggest thanks to my patrons, Patreon.com slash Girl Clumsy. You can still join and throw a couple of bucks my way if you want to support the recaps and the podcast. I've just paid for the uh, subscription for my website. Um, so I have somewhere to post all these things. Uh, so that, you know, obviously is, is comes from patreon money which is which is great and thank you and um all the wonderful things and uh many blessings uh from me um yeah uh thank you so much Stu. we will see you all next week for more house of the dragon and uh oh i believe that um the smart enough to know better boys think that we've ripped them off uh because because i say as we always like to say novella magulis apparently they they're claiming we've been been saying that since the beginning that's what I thought, but they claim that we ripped it off because their podcast is older than ours, and they've been saying, as we always like to say, at the end of their podcast. So maybe I subconsciously ripped them off, but I'm just going to pretend that that's not true, and I'm going to say, no, stuff you. We always have always liked to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and as we always like to say, Valor The dragons will dance. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>